You're listening to the Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams. Hey, in this podcast episode, I'm going to be doing a deep dive answering questions that have been sent in by you, my viewers, so you can start, scale and grow your property portfolio. So let's get started. I've had some great questions come in. So the first question is from John Phillips. So hi, John. Thanks for sending your question in. And uh, John has asked, he said, Liam, uh, where are the best places to find investors? Well, that is an amazing question. And when I say to people that you can literally build a property business using none of your own money, some people do think I'm on drugs. And when I first heard that just over seven years ago, I was pretty skeptical. I was like, "Mm, sounds like a bit of a con. And then I thought, well, if you can do this, there's no way I can do this. And at that time, I just lost my business. The official liquidation figure was minus £392,000. I then found myself at a large property seminar. I invested £25,000 into uh, mentoring and training. I, I just leveraged cheap money from the bank. I started my journey and it only took me four weeks before I got my first private funder over the line. Now that was a guy uh, called Dave from Basildon. He just lent me 5,000 pounds. I gave him a fixed rate return at 10% for one year. And that was the start of me raising money. Now my mindset changed very, very quickly. And just a few weeks later, I got my second investor over the line, 250,000 pounds. Now fast forward seven years, I've personally raised over 9 million pounds in joint venture funding and that has enabled me and my team to now do over 28 million pounds worth of property deals over the last seven years. So I'm here to tell you, John and anyone else tuning in, that you can build a property business using none of your own money. And here's the thing, money is absolutely everywhere. Now, I don't know who your first or next investor is going to be, but what I do know is that if you put yourself out there, you generate leads, you get in front of people, and you present how you can offer a win-win, 100% you will find private funders. So where are the best places? Well, there's no real magic book or black secret book. Um, Investors are absolutely everywhere. You've got friends, you've got family members, you've got work colleagues, you've got networking events, property events, online events, charity events. They are literally everywhere. Sports clubs, uh, your children's parents, uh, children's friends' parents. So investors are absolutely everywhere. The important thing is to get yourself set, set up your company properly, do your branding, understand how you can work with private funders, and then start generating leads. The more coffees you have, the more private funders you will get over the line. But a great place to start is literally in your phone book, friends, family members, and colleagues. But at the moment, you are the world's best 
kept secret. People don't know how you can work with them. And you know, when I started to work with private funders, initially it was for selfish gain. I'd run out of money, I'd invested in training and mentoring on my credit card, I had no income, so the reason I wanted to work with investors was that was the only way this was gonna happen for me. But actually, once I got my first private funders on board, I realized it was much deeper than that. And the reason I raise money today is because private funders are losing money in the bank. They might have some stocks, shares, ISAs, some crappy pension products. They've got a bit of cash in their bank account. They're losing money in the bank. So by you going to them and offering a win-win solution, number one, you are helping them get a better return on their money. And number two, you are then able to build a property business using none of your own money. It's about having confidence. It's about understanding what you offer and the value that you bring. But there is more money in the world today than ever before. And if I can do it, you can definitely do it. Right, let's go into question number two. Uh, let me just get this up on my phone. Uh, this is from Sally Osborne, and this is a great question. Um, Sally has said, what is the best contract to use when lending money from private funders? Well, what is really important is that you are legal, that you work with the right type of investor, and everyone is in some form of a contract. So I'll share the types of contracts. If you are raising money on a savings accelerator type product, which is a loan, so someone is lending you the money, you're gonna give them a fixed rate return over X time frame, then you will use a loan agreement. Um, I always have my solicitor draw up my loan agreement template. Um, I don't use a solicitor for every investor. We have the template and then we just roll that out um, from one private funder to another. So that is a loan agreement. If you are doing more of a share exchange where they are putting in the money, you are doing the work and you're issuing shares in a special purpose vehicle, a limited company, they need to be a high net worth or sophisticated investor and then you would use a shareholder agreement. And what you can also do if they're not having shares, but they're gonna have some type of profit share, then you can also use what's called a joint venture agreement. So what you can do is use a corporate solicitor to draw these up for you. It, obviously, there's a cost to that. You might pay 500, 1,000, 2,000 pounds for a loan agreement. You may pay a bit more for a shareholder agreement or JV agreement. But once you have the templates, you can then roll them out deal after deal after deal. And of course, all of these fees are uh, is a cost to the JV or a cost to the company. Uh, one of the things that I actually do for my personal graduates and people that I train, um, they just have access to my contracts and templates. We always like them to go to a solicitor and give them a, a little once over just to make sure they're correct because these contracts are in place to protect you and to protect them. Well done, Sally. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, next question is from Ola Tanji. So hi, Ola. And he said, 
What is the best name to have for a property company? Hey, you know what? I, I get asked this question a lot. Uh, there's no real right or wrong. It's whatever is personal to you, but there's a couple of rules. Number one, I would stay away from the word investment because the FCA might then see you as an investment company and you could be flagged up on their radar. But, you know, my company is called Assets for Life. Now, just that name alone, you wouldn't really know we are a property business and wealth training company or we're in property. So then we have a little tagline that has property, investment and education. So it's very clear when someone lands on our website or they look at our branding that we're called Assets for Life, but we're in property, we're in investment and we're in education as well. So uh, make sure it's personal to you. Uh, something I did with my business partner, Jay, when we were creating our company name, we just did a brainstorming exercise one afternoon. We got a whiteboard like this one behind me and we just dumped a load of names on there. I, I was sitting there and it was like, there it is, assets for life. And it's quite a sticky name and people remember us and hey, you know, we're, we're the UK's premier property business and training company now. Now, another tip for you, if you're gonna do rent to rent, and you're gonna position yourself as a relocation company, then I would recommend having the word relocations in your name. Uh, don't be going out to letting agents and say that you do rent to rent, you'll be laughed out the door. Position yourself as a relocation company. So UK workforce relocations, for example, because it says exactly what you do uh, when you're doing rent to rent. But have some fun creating your name Maybe there's a story, maybe it's personal to you, but if the name doesn't say the word property, then you could have a tagline which makes it very, very clear. So I hope that has helped you uh, for sure, Ola. Okay, we've got a couple more questions. Hey, if you're finding this useful, leave me a comment below, ask me a, a question below, hit the like button, make sure you subscribe. So the next question is from Callum Smith. Uh, and the question is this. Uh, should I manage my own property or use a letting agent? Oh, that's a really good question there, Callum. And look, there's no right or wrong. Personally, I've never managed a single one of my properties. I've always outsourced it to a letting agent or I've had someone in-house as my property manager. Why? Uh, number one, I'm not very good at managing properties. Uh, number two, it's not something that I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, number three, I don't feel it's a good use of my time because I'd rather focus on more deals and more money. However, that's just me personally. There is some merit in actually running and managing your first few properties because you're gonna get the experience, you're gonna to get to understand what works, what doesn't work, the do's, the don'ts, uh, what you can do to maximize your tenants or guest experience. So there is some benefit, a lot of benefit, by managing your first few properties, see how you get on, you might really enjoy the process and be really good at it. But as you go through this initial management, you can set up processes and procedures and checklists, and you're gonna wanna know 
that your properties are being run correctly. And then what you could do at a later stage is you could then bring in a property manager or you could outsource that to a letting agent, but you're gonna be running at really high standards. So if they try and pull the wool over your eyes, you're gonna see it a mile off. So there's no right or wrong, it's personal choice. You make the decision and see how you get on. Now, of course, if you rent them, uh, if you have a letting agent manage them, then you need to pay a fee, so your profit will be slightly less, but it means you haven't gotta do the work. I'd rather focus on high income generating tasks, finding more deals and more money. So, last question is from Rebecca Jacobs. Hi, Rebecca, and uh, this is a powerful question. She said, where is the best place to find deals? Well, like money, Rebecca, deals are absolutely everywhere. You've got letting agents, you've got estate agents, you've got commercial agents, you have property sources, you can go on to the portals, things like Rightmove and Zoopla and Plotfinder and Estate Gazettes. You have auctions. You also have direct-to-vendor marketing. You can go on to um, the uh, uh, planning portal. You can get a list of all the things that are happening in your area. You can drive around your local streets. You can deliver letters. You can knock on people's doors. But here's the thing, Rebecca, and anyone else tuning in, finding deals is one of your highest key result areas. And if anyone tuning into this is looking to start, scale and grow a property business, then my recommendation is become obsessed with finding those deals. Get on as many viewings as you can, putting in as many offers as you can, and because not every offer you put in you're going to get, some of them are gonna be rejected, but one in three offers that get accepted out there, they come back to the market. So I would recommend having a watch list and then you can keep going back. And hey, look, if a property comes back to the market, would you agree that the seller is more motivated now to sell? And you might be able to go in and get it below market value. Of course, make sure it's a win-win and get some really, really good deals. The market right now is very strong. There's lots of opportunities, uh, but you have to be obsessed. So my personal place where I go and get deals uh, typically is always from agents. That's worked really, really well for me. Some of my graduates, they find direct-to-vendor works really well for them. Some of my other graduates, they, they, they love auctions. So my recommendation is it's like going deep sea fishing. If you go with a small net, you're only gonna catch a small amount of fish. If you go with a big net and you leave it out there for a long time, you're gonna catch more fish and um, become more successful. So put the feelers out there, go and try all of these different things, see what works well for you. But the good news is, if you're tuning into this and you have a desire to start, scale and grow a property business, you are literally just one deal, one investor away from a completely different life. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. If you are listening to this right now and you want me to answer your question, uh, send them into info at assetsforlife.co.uk. Stay tuned for more of my podcast. If I can do it, you can do it. And I'll see you on my next episode. You're listening to The Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. 
Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams.